Welcome back to Conversations with Ipswich School, the podcast where we speak with people in the school and those who've already left to find out what life is really like there. In this episode, Saskia Jordan speaks to former student Ling Stevens, now a Global Audit Division Head at ING, and current sixth former Angie. In this three-way conversation, they all discuss careers and workplaces and being a successful woman, the Consciousness Club that Angie helped to found last year, and both also give their valuable advice for the sixth form at Ipswich. And as always, they both share their treasured moments with us all. So come with me while Saskia Jordan introduces our two guests for this episode. So hello and welcome to Conversations with Ipswich School. Today we're talking to Ling Stevens, Global Audit Division Head at ING and an old Ipswichian. Um, and Ling's been very involved post uh, her time at school. She's been president of the old Ipswichian Club, uh, very engaged with the school. And Ling, you'll be pleased to know that uh, we've really taken up your idea about getting old Ipswichians to engage um, with the sixth form with careers. So thank you very much for that. That's well and truly happening. And we're also speaking to Angie, current sixth former. Um, Angie's involved in so much here at school and across so many areas. This is how she's summed up by her teachers. Angie has always epitomised what we want Ipswichians to be, as responsible and compassionate members of society. Her moral compass points due north and her sense of duty and fairness has always been clear to see. Her pioneering work as a founder member of Consciousness Club has left a tangible legacy for future years. Indeed, it is now one of the more popular features of our co-curriculum in the sixth form. She has worked tirelessly for equality, joining senior staff for weekly working group meetings and has been instrumental in the design of our new Call It Out system. Oh, and she's an amazing musician. So welcome, Ling, and welcome, Angie. Wow, wow what an intro. <laughs> um, Ling, can you tell us briefly, what did you do after you left school? Well, thank you for inviting me. And, um, and it's been a, a long journey since I left school. So I, I left school in 1984. It's, it's been that long, um, really. Uh, time has just flown by. And um, so it's been over 30 years, and I'm not going to say exactly how many, <laughs> but um, when, I, when I left school, I, I went on to university um, at Cambridge and I studied economics. Um, you can probably work it from um, from the back to the, to the current, um, work it backwards, but essentially um, I left in 87. And when I left university, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, so I just picked the job that um, there were opportunities in. So in 1987, I joined, um, like a lot of the graduates in economics, I joined um, an American um, investment bank um, trainee scheme. And it was in the era of Big Bang, Thatcher, and, you know, and it really was a bit like Wall Street, um, but really that was a long, long time <laughs> ago. So that's where I started. I, I stayed um, in the city in, in banking for four years, and then I had uh, a change, slight change, really. I, I, I basically um, went to join Pricewaterhouse, um, trained up as an, an accountant, and um, basically got my auditing skills there. And since then, um, my career has been largely um, in finance, in, in insurance and banking. And, um, and I've been working um, as an audit head um, for over 20 years now. And it's, it's been quite a, a journey. And now, as, as you mentioned, I, I'm now um, heading up um, an audit division for a Dutch bank. And, and I have teams quite spread around internationally around London, New York, Singapore, 
and Amsterdam and a couple of regions in Europe. So, so that's what I'm doing now. So that's certainly a busy and is that a very fulfilling job? It is, you know, it's, um, I think it's, it's been um, interesting. It keeps me intellectually challenged and I get to work with people from all walks of um, life and different countries. So that, that's been pretty inspiring. Do you think that it was useful having four years of doing something slightly different and then pivoting? So I think it definitely does. I think it's worthwhile to have um, several careers in, in one career, if you know what I mean. So I, I think, you know, it's, it's always good to, to walk and, and learn from each of the roles you have. And I think sometimes doing a role that's quite different, you, you learn um, something that you can take to the next job. So I definitely think, you know, the first four years were very helpful as well in the things I did later. Yeah. Um, Angie, what about you? What's been happening in your last year? Uh, um, wow, that was amazing. <laughs> um, mostly stuck in at home in lockdown doing online learning, um, which is a shame, but we've made the most out of it, really. And doing many things, um, being a co-founder of uh, the Consciousness Club and helping out with all of that as well has been really important for me. Um, so it's really interesting and it's been quite a journey and having half of our sixth form experience online learning and everything so we haven't had every opportunity we normally would but it's been rewarding nonetheless yeah so you've certainly had to adapt haven't you and learn to go with the flow (laughs) um what does next year herald hopefully university to study russian and international relations um languages are a passion of mine and traveling around the world is hopefully what i would do afterwards um working abroad so it's i'm looking forward to it so yeah Okay, well, good luck. Thank you. So, Ling, what's your experience been of carving out uh, a career in finance? Traditionally, we call that quite a male-dominated field. It it has. It's changed a lot. And I, I think when I first um, joined, um, I think it was even more so. So, you know, I think um, going to finance... Um, I think I'm always, as a woman and as a senior woman as well, I'm always going to be in the minority and and I I recognise that. Um, So, you know, first of all, being a minority, um, yes, um, that's always been interesting. And I think having been at Ipswich School when we only had girls in the sixth form, I think that was a good preparation for this because I think we were, you know, a small proportion of the school at the time in the 80s as well. So, um, So, yeah, I think first of all, you know, I'm going into that I'm always going to look different and so I I know that's the case um, but I no longer feel that I have to look like the others okay the the men and I don't have to behave um, in the same way as the men Um, so I think that's probably you know the the major thing that you know um, that I've I've learned during this period and um, I think I also mentioned that it was um, far more um, male-dominated when I first started. So I I do think that things are are changing and they're changing fast. So, you know, um, actually it's become much more open and, you know, there's there's far more consciousness about, you know, um, having more women in the senior jobs. And it's not just about women, okay? It's about also um, them being in leadership roles. So, you know, I think many things are getting much, much better. Okay, so so that's a positive view. So yes, it is um, male dominated, but it's getting better. And so along the way, you've just learned to accept that you don't look the same as most of the people there, but that's okay. And you're just going to to do your own thing. 
Yeah, actually, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think when I joined the city um, in the 80s, I think a lot of the, 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 the men and the senior men were in suits. And so people were very um, formal and things did feel okay, very different from where they are today. And, and just as a an interesting sort of aside, I, when I joined Pricewaterhouse, um, we were only allowed to wear skirts, okay? We weren't allowed to wear trousers in the workplace. So that's how far we've come, okay? So when I say that, you know, um, there was a stage in the 80s and even early 90s um, where we really had to be quite uniform. I think that's gone now. Um, so the looking different, um, I think, you know, I think it's now okay to look different. I, I think it's it's okay to, to sound feminine. feminine. Um, and I, I think that that's probably, you know, where um, some of the, the things um, are very different. Now, um, looking different, there's nothing I can do about that. I'm always going to be different. I think I've come to accept that, you know, um, that's, that's part of life for me. And, you know, but actually I also am accepting that, you know, uh, I don't have to integrate completely. I can just be me. And actually I can be quite confidently um, doing that as well in, in my job. I think there are things that women can bring to jobs, okay, that actually um, give us real strengths. I think as a working mother, okay, for a lot of my career, I've had to be super organized, okay, and dealing with people and, and dealing with teams and, you know, organizing things. So I, I realized, you know, some of those can, things can also bring um, really good strengths to the job. Yeah, that's really interesting and great advice, really, that sort of you've come up from a, from a different era, but things are really yeah. moving and changing. Oh, definitely. You know, um, I mean, one of the big barriers when I was working, you know, um, maybe mid-career was um, having kids and the family, right? Because um, that's always been perceived as being, oh, a setback for your career or something. And even things like maternity leave were frowned upon. I don't think that's the case anymore. I, I think, you know, all um, leaders and managers have um, learned that, you know, um, that cannot be the view and you know you take you have a more balanced workforce and you have people with um who are parents and actually that's a good thing too so so you know that's one thing that's that's really changed yeah yeah and angie in your opinion what will your generation be looking for when looking for careers and types of organization to work for Gosh, that's a hard question. Uh, I think it's hard to speak for my entire generation. <laughs> um, I would say a good workplace environment and a supportive environment um, as well. Again, with the whole um, gender equality thing that you were talking about and employees and having that massive representation of women that we see nowadays. Um, for me, as someone who in the next few years is going into employment, it's really inspiring to see so many women being in these leadership roles as well. And having, you know, talking about, again, the maternity leave and the paternity leave, you know, having that environment as well um, for choosing careers, but also having and potentially going into employments which are supportive of other organisations such as the LGBTQ plus community and neurodiverse communities, which, well, which are very valuable to our society as well. I'd love to work for a company that um, fitted my own personal beliefs. Yeah. Yes. Do you see that playing out, Ling, as someone who employs so many people and is in charge of so many teams do, do, do companies hear that 
I think companies are beginning to get better. Um, it's still not there yet. Okay, so you know, um, I, I wouldn't expect it's all going to be a smooth ride. Um, no, honestly, it's you quite know, a hopeful. Uh, <laughs> it is a hopeful view. I think there's yes. a lot of hope. Okay, and and really, I think companies are much better at it. They still have work um, to do. So I think it's it's absolutely right that you know this diversity and inclusion agenda is not only there. I also think that the younger generations are absolutely right to expect more. Okay, so it still needs to be driven up. So I, I think I'm really optimistic that it will get much much better. Um, I think the companies are beginning to do things, and so you know I, I think they're making it a much more attractive place. To, to work in, okay, for, for women as well as men. I think there is um, also in, in sort of in terms of what companies are looking at, not just at the recruitment stage of bringing people in, I think also there's a real wish um, to bring talented women up the pipeline. So they're doing it in different ways, you know, I think some with more success than others. I think there are certain sectors that are, um, are really, you know, ahead of this. But I think, you know, I do recognize in banking as well, there's, there's a huge amount of work to do. And when I talk about, you know, um, talent and, and raising talented women, I think there's a couple of things. One is to, to help, okay, these talented women to um, stick with it. Okay, that, that's been a really tough thing because I see how many talented peers and friends of mine and, and who have just dropped out because it just got too hard. Okay, and there are setbacks along the way. So, so you know, first of all, I, I think it, it is something that, you know, to acknowledge that um, it's not going to be a straight line trajectory, okay, up, yeah. you know, and it's, it's not going to be a promotion every year. Um, sometimes you, you, you come down a bit and then you rise back, back up again. I think the other thing that's really um, on reflection, I think, has been really, really important has been just acknowledging the help, okay, um, that can be given to talented women. So whether it's, you know, about demanding more, okay, um, whether it's about, you know, help with um, profile, asking for the pay rise or actually just showing ambition, I think, you know, these might be things that, you know, I think it's not one model fits all for, for all girls, but I think it's important also to find out and also, you know, see what sort of things um, we can do um, to help talented women rise up the organisation. And the expectation is there, you know, women are now going to be at the top of organisations and they should be. So at least that recognition is there. And I think we, you know, we have to have the mechanisms to support it. I agree. And I think hopefully being a part of that change as well, my generation um, helping, not just expecting to go straight into it, but being a part of that change and help as well and asking for what we'd like as well. Hopefully, anyway, again, a very hopeful view. It's quite hard, though, isn't it? So, you know, though, Ling, you're saying don't be afraid to have the difficult conversations. That's correct. And, you know, I think, you know, this is maybe the thing that when you, you get into work, you do realise there are going to be difficult conversations. There are going to be moments where, you know, you get bad news. And, you know, I think these are sort of, you know, all things that, you know, that will come, you know, anyone's way. Um, but I think, you know, it, it's even harder. The ladder is even steeper for women because, you know, we have to prove ourselves, you know, twice over sometimes to be judged, okay, in the same light. And, you know, um, regardless of, you know, the hope and the optimism, you know, there's always going to be some established 
bias or or maybe the way things have always been done in the past that you, you know you have to base basically overcome so you know it's 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 in no way an easy um, journey but actually it's very fulfilling if you know if you stick with it and you know and, and I think that there are the doors are open for it it's just that you really have to keep pushing okay together yeah, yeah thank you <laughs> I'll definitely take that advice on <laughs> yeah I think that was um the big difference that you've highlighted for me Ling it's not just about the quotas it's about the positions at the top that's correct, because that's the big challenge, isn't it? Um, you know, uh, there should be more um, women CEOs, um, but, you know, whatever happens along the way. And maybe my reflection is, you know, um, I, I think at at school and at uni, I think, you know, women achieve just as much as men. Um, but there seems to be some, you know, gradual um, attrition or drop out along the way in the career. So I think the really important thing here is to keep, you know, um, these these talented women within the system, and you know, whatever um, needs to be done um, to get there. Uh, I think there are some good things happening. First of all, um, I think there's a, a dawning realization that diversity is a good thing um, for an organization so you know and whether you see it you know on the media on television whatever it is you know diversity is is coming into the norm but I also think you know um, you know we talked about family right earlier on and you know it used to be seen as a thing that the woman would give up work um, to look after the family but actually that's not necessarily so because I think fathers now contribute um, a huge amount um, to raising children and things so those things have changed so some of those barriers should definitely change yeah so Angie we'll move on to um, your legacy of consciousness club can you explain to us what what this is all about consciousness club uh, was an idea that we came up with just before lockdown last year so we obviously couldn't create it or anything but it was a group of us um, in sixth form uh, in my year and we were inspired by the consciousness working groups of the 70s of just women sitting down and talking about things that you know were massive stereotype we shouldn't talk about before and we were like we have we don't have this at school why can't we openly talk about these kinds of things and we were like oh we just do it and when we came back in September we did and it's been growing in numbers since and there's we're starting a middle school consciousness club because obviously with the covid bubbles we could only keep it to sixth form but it's amazing because every week we have so many different topics we've talked about the period taboos to toxic masculinity it's the range of things that we just talk about and it's such a safe environment that people you're not even really friends with or people I was never hadn't really spoken to before were saying these things and I was like wow that's amazing so it's really good to see so many people come together and be so happy and open and I think it's really important and I hope it carries on when I leave. You're definitely going to be leaving a legacy I I can see it carrying on is there a consciousness club at university? Not that I know of so far. But I'm just wondering if you you might be the one to start one up. I was thinking that. I was like, well, if there isn't one, I don't see why I shouldn't start one up. So we'll see. And Ling, do you see any role for um, similar sort of support networks in in the workplace? Oh, definitely. Um, You know, we... um... When I worked at Lloyds Bank, we, we had the Women's Network, okay, and the Women's Network, I think, was was also established for, for a similar purpose. I think it was there for agendas that, you know, we wanted 
um, to talk about, you know, um, whether it was, it was um, getting some people at the top of the company to come and talk to us about, you know, the footprints and, and some of the, the ideas they had about how to, you know, get to the positions that they did. Um, but also that it's, I think, the support network that, you know, we have. I, I think, you know, we do have to support each other and, and share, you know, our, our knowledge about, you know, what works and what doesn't work. And even if it's just someone to talk to, right, with a with a common sort of idea. So I, I definitely, I think it's wonderful that you set up, okay, this club at school. So, you know, that, that's real kudos and um, it's a fantastic idea. But Thank I think, so I hope much. you will continue it at university. Yes. I hope so too. Thank you. <laughs> and Ling, you were talking about, you mentioned um, that some sectors are better than others, that there are some ideas. So the Women's Network's clearly been a, a powerful thing. Any other ideas that, that you have that where you think things have worked really well? Well, I do think some sectors um, and some countries I've worked with um, are better. Okay, so um, maybe some sectors, I would say, I, I did spend a couple of years working, working in the media sector and television and um, in broadcasting and things. And there, it's just far more colourful office, you know, you, you, you're surrounded by um, the creative, okay, side of that business. And, and that's quite a magnet and a draw, I think, for women. So I think there is something about, you know, creating the work, um, workplace conditions, okay, to be attractive to women as well and, and not just the corporate city, you know, suits, okay, yeah. <laughs> that I, I was describing earlier. So I think it has to be an attractive workplace for both men and women. Okay, that's that's one thing. Um, so I think we could do um, a lot of things um, in that space. I don't know, it's, it's really hard to answer your question, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm also sort of racking my brain about, you know, what sort of things um, we can do. Um, I do think that, you know, the support to keep our, our women, okay, um, motivated um, in the system is the important thing. I think the governments do also have a role, you know, to, to give us support, not give us support, but maybe give us some tax breaks, okay, to have our childcare. And, and you know, we were always dashing madly between work and school pickups and things like that. I'm sure yeah. you recognise, okay, <laughs> yeah. both as being <laughs> the one being picked up, but also being, you know, the parent. So I think there are many things that could make life easier, okay, as a working parent as well. And, and, and you know these things. Um, maybe being in lockdown has has been helpful in some respect because I'm no longer doing you know the the, the big commute and in, into um, you know into the town, which used to take a, an hour or two at least a day. So I, I think there are many things that can be done um, to, to help um, women in the workplace. So uh, there's heaps actually. Um, I could talk forever. <laughs> so Angie, Ling's clearly been through lots of change through her career and the, and the workplace has, has changed for the for the better how do you see again sorry I'm talking making you speak for your generation here <laughs> <laughs> how might your generation shape the workplace oh gosh um I think again with the whole COVID-19 I think there'll be less of a physical workplace and more online and online accessible um, meetings and Zoom meetings and things like this um, and I think that would be amazing and I can see a lot of my future generation using that technology as well um, for bigger projects I guess um, and you talk again with the bigger inclusivity and diversity and more openness within companies with these things and helping women you know with that step up and 
helping those talented women that you know that you've mentioned before I think that's how my generation might do it but I'm not too sure again that's just my opinion so just basically you'll take the learnings of a really unusual time I think because we've we've grown up in such a weird period you know we've spent about six months altogether online learning and we're very used to just sitting in front of a screen and doing our lessons and I think we will take that with us forward you know and I've definitely I wasn't so good on computers before but now I can so I think it's it's really it's been difficult but I think it's also been quite beneficial and I think we'll definitely take that on as we go along as well yeah you I mean you've you certainly had to adapt at speed yes very quick really quick transition wasn't it do you see that again Ling do you see that playing out I think so. I think, you know, the world's become a lot more agile and, and you know, the ability to sort of, you know, shift with the winds or whatever it is, it's, um, I think it's important. I do think that, you know, the future generations, um, not just being more tech savvy, but having the information at their fingertips, you know, these um, things are, are immediately there. <laughs> okay, you just have to Google it. Um, it's out there and you just ha- want to contact somebody. You don't have to even write an email. You just do a call or do the chat and you know the, the communications are, are so much um, better and and it's a, it's been impressive actually just the last year or two with with lockdowns and working from home how the technology has completely changed so so everything has accelerated absolutely yeah and then okay, sorry this is another tricky question Ling what drives or inspires you beyond getting the job done well, this this one actually, um, I, I can speak with um, a lot of joy about it, okay, because um, I think it would be a very long and drawn out 30 plus years of working <laughs> if you didn't get something more from it. So I, I've been really lucky, I think. Um, so, you know, I think first of all, I have to talk about the people. Okay, one of my joys is in um, leading and working with people uh, and getting um, people to a better place, okay, um, whatever place that is. I think there is also um, something I've always sort of practiced and, and it helps guide a lot of the things, you know, when I'm doing my leadership role is that are we doing the right thing? So, you know, it's it's very principle driven, but it's also been, you know, um, very motivating. So I often come out of meetings and, and with, you know, the teams that I work with and I come out feeling very energized um, by that and by the really clever people that are around me so I don't do it on my own I do it with a team so that's been um, a wonderful thing and if you know at the end of my career I think about something it will be the people um, that I remember the other thing and and um, has been wonderful is it the the travel that the job's given me and I know Angie you mentioned travel earlier okay (laughs) so so um I I I've been able to travel and and you know um and I know we're in, in a coronavirus world now where we can't do so, but I, I, I'm hopeful that that will happen again. So it's allowed me to work in so many different countries. And also, you know, I've, I spent five years, just returned back to the UK this year. I spent five years in Paris and that was a wonderful experience for me. Um, the culture, um, my French only got incrementally better, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but at least it did. And, um, you know, the, these sort of, you know, experiences um, I couldn't have had without my job. So um, it's definitely the stuff that I get um, beyond the job. Um, but I am driven at the end of the day. Um, I think Saskia, you know, 
understand your question. Mm. At the end of the day, I'm driven by the education and the education um, opportunities um, that it gave me. And I kind of want to use it and deploy it, right? So, you know, I I think the school um, and Ipswich was a big part of that and, and preparing me. So I also want to make the most of, you know, um, the ed- education that I've had. So I think that's also driven me um, to, to not, you know, let go <laughs> how hard, despite how hard it was. Fascinating. Can you distill that for me? I'm going to ask both of you the same question. What advice would you give to our sixth form? keep going it's tough and especially when you're in lockdown it can be really hard but there's amazing friends and the teachers are supportive as well and the environment is great and when you're in sixth form you do subjects that you love and it's really beneficial and just keep going because it's worth it at the end you know you feel such a relief right now at the end so yeah it's good it's a very good experience what about you Ling? Do you know what? I'm going to say exactly the same as Angie, uh, maybe with a slightly different sort of, you know, lens and, and length of time. Um, I, I think, you know, um, look, career um, and jobs, not easy. And it's it's not a straight linear um, upward um, career. Um, that's very unusual. Um, be prepared to accommodate the rough with the smooth. OK, but actually um, things will get there. So um, the grit and the resilience um really important. Excellent advice. And my last but not least, the frivolous questions. What are your most treasured memories? Shall I go first? You go first, Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was an easy one for was me. Really? And I should be talking about being in the classroom and, and all these things. But actually, I loved the field trips at school. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I, I, yeah, <laughs> I chose my A-levels on, you know, the field trips that I could do at school. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I have fantastic memories of going to the Lake District and geography, um, going to the Barbican to see... Um, the theatre, okay, and Cyrano de Bergerac. I think I remember that very clearly with Derek Jacobi. And last but not least, maybe Angie, it, it strikes a chord. So um, we went on a, a school trip to to um, Russia in the pre-Glasnost days, um, oh and gosh. I did that with a school, okay, and it was a, it was amazing because this was in the days of communism and and pure oh, communism. Wow. So um, that must have been really eye-opening as well. To... It was an eye-opener because there were shortages of things everywhere. It made, made us feel how lucky we were. Um, yeah. We got to mix with um, some of the um, the kids that were from um, Eastern Europe, and it was a huge difference in those days. So um, it was actually a, a bit of us also sort of you know um, seeing history directly because that is history now. Yeah. Yeah, again, to back up the Russia point, a couple of years ago, I was in year 11, I had the opportunity to go to Russia on a school trip. And we went to Moscow and St. Petersburg. And that was amazing. It was kind of from that point onwards, I was like, oh, I know I want to do this in the future. So it was amazing. And yeah, but my treasured memories at Ipswich, um, the friends and again, the field trips were always amazing. You know, I, I do a lot of music and I've managed to sing in the most wonderful places. Um, so it's been really amazing to have all these opportunities as well with Ipswich. So, yeah, there's definitely a theme of travel emerging, isn't there? And <laughs> <laughs> Just <Yeah>. a bit. <laughs> Where was the best place? Where's your favourite place to hang out at school? 
in the summer, the field, just sitting on the field with your friends in the summer. It's the best feeling. <laughs> I'll honestly miss it, I think. Yeah. Was yeah. that the same for you, Ling? Well, I'm going to tell a story because it's something that doesn't exist anymore, I don't think. But we used to have a girls' room in the sixth form block, okay? And it, 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 we, it basically was, you know, um, because there were only um, about 10 or 20 girls, um, we had our own room. So we could go in there. Um, the boys were not allowed in there. And we were able to just go in there and, and talk about whatever we wanted to, okay? And it was our own sort of safe space. So um, I, I don't think that exists anymore does it no I think we need to bring that back to be honest (laughs) that would be so cool (laughs) um and my last question what would you say to your 16 year old self I would say relax and don't take things um too seriously and and don't you know um get too worried um I I think you know as a 16 year old self I I used to worry a lot okay I'd, I'd get anxious about you know would I pass the exam? Um, would my parents okay approve? Um, or you know, I, I didn't get you know um, a perfect score or, or whatever it was. You know, I didn't get the A and things like that. So, um, and and I think you know, coming into the world um, afterwards, um, nothing is perfect. Nobody expects it. So, so all I would say there is um, basically, uh, if something is you know um, anxiety or worry and it looks it feels really awful just sleep on it I I think you know um the next day it'll feel much better so so that's my my one bit of advice is just you know um relax and don't beat yourself up I like that yeah I like that I think I'd say that to my 16 year old self I mean I still worry a lot at 18 but um I think she would have appreciated that but I think I'd also say to myself to be braver in my choices I think I've become a lot more myself over the past couple of years and I think just being braver and being like no this is what I want to do and believing in myself more I think I should tell her believe in yourself more so I think that's what I'd say to her that's a really and I think Angie you're very good at having the brave conversation but doing it in a nice way oh, <laughs> I, I think I think so too well I hope so anyway yeah, yeah keep doing it <laughs> <laughs> I will <laughs> well that brings us to the end it's been fantastic talking to both of you uh really fun you've made me really miss travel (laughs) and I love the the uh, just relax sleep on it um but also bear in mind that that there will be downs as well as ups it was really insightful thank you um so thank you and goodbye thank you thank you So that was Ling and Angie. Thank you to both of you for coming on to this episode of the podcast. And if you have any questions at all following anything you've heard, then you can reach the school by visiting www.ipswitch.school. And if you haven't followed this podcast channel yet, then now is the time to do so, because then it means that when the next episode is released, you just get a small notification to let you know that it's ready. And that means you won't miss it. So go and do that. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode. We look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.